It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We need to be more involved in the educational process of our children. Welcome to Chalk Talk with your host, Eric Hamilton. The three pillars of Eric's approach to parent engagement are academics, accountability, and advocacy, which empower parents to better support success at the child, school, and system level. And now, here is Eric Hamilton. Hello, America. Welcome to Chalk Talk. My name is Eric Hamilton, and today's show on parent engagement will inspire, educate, and empower parents to become proactive and not reactive. Welcome back to, to Chalk Talk, America. I am excited about today's show. We have a lot of material to cover. Before I start in my intro for the evening, for the afternoon, I would like to make sure that listeners are aware of the number to call in. It's 1-888-346-9141. If you have any questions or concerns or would like to make any comments about the show, about previous shows, we would love to have your, your input on the show this what we would like to talk about is about current events. Now, I have the good fortune of getting my research done, being prepared each week, each week to tell parents to continue this battle cry. And this cry is, parents, you're involved. Your involvement is desperately needed in public schools today. And I might be the lone voice in America that's making this call, but I can assure you that I'm not because there are other people who are making the connection. I'd like to read with you just briefly, won't get into to too much, but this is a major report that was released on November the 14th, 2012. Talks about high school dropouts blame lack of parenting support slash teen pregnancy. This study was conducted. It says a lack of parental support and the challenges of teen pregnancy are among the primary factors driving students to leave high school before earning their diplomas, according to a new report released today. Twenty three percent of high school dropouts surveyed lack of support and encouragement, ladies and gentlemen, encouragement from parents as a reason why they quit school. Now, this is very apparent if you are in the classroom every day and if you're talking to those students as educators are on the front lines there, see these types of things. But as educators, a lot of times we don't necessarily have the the support to address these types of issues. So this report talks about the lack of support and parent encouragement. 21% said that they dropped out after having a child of their own, according to the survey, while uh, 513 American adults ages between 19 and 35 who did not complete high school. Responses were weighted by age, gender, location as a result of their nationality. 
It is suggested that nearly 1.3 million students leave school each year. The dropout crisis is equivalent to a permanent recession. Permanent recession, ladies and gentlemen. This is a major, major issue. That's a current event, a major study that was just released this week that talks about the lack of parent involvement. Parent involvement is a very critical piece for those who are new to this show. Chalk Talk is a show specifically designed to empower you as a parent. It's specifically designed to educate you so that you will have some power to how to navigate what's going on in your local school, specifically when it comes down to how do you advocate for your child. The three pillars that I've started originally are very simple. Academics are critical. Accountability. How do you hold school leaders accountable? And advocacy. How do you advocate for your child? Not just for your child, but also for your schools, because schools and communities are tied together. The time will have to come, ladies and gentlemen, parents of America, when we will have to move from just the individual base, uh, what's relevant to our child, to how do we protect our school systems? How do we protect our local neighborhood schools? Because all over America right now, if you look at neighborhoods, School systems are completely going through major transformation given the lack of resources that are available. So it's imperative, simply imperative for us to stay on task to know what do we need to do? What do we advocate? My three principles, again, are academics, which we've talked about with our academic roadmap. The first two shows, we talked about what is an academic roadmap. The second one, we began to jump into specifically the primary years. Tonight's, or this evening's shows, rather, is going to specifically be around middle school. Middle school, ladies and gentlemen, and for those of you who are non-teachers, unbelievably difficult and daunting tasks to address a very awkward stage in life. The 6th, 7th, and 8th grades, as far as teachers, I have said, and I will say it again, are some of the most demanding students that are currently our teachers are facing in public schools today. It's an unbelievably difficult task to address that. Tonight, I will have a guest on who will give us some insight into the culture around middle schools because I believe that parents oftentimes – only see what's on the outside. Many times because of jobs, because of the lack of transparency that some school systems have, a lot of parents are really not aware of what's going on inside the classroom of a middle school in their neighborhood. They're not, they're not aware of it. So we want to talk tonight about middle school. So if you have middle school Questions, please feel free to have them on board tonight. Before we get to our guests, I want to talk about another current event. Another current event that's happening right now is Common Core. You will hear me make a lot of references to Common Core. And I do have some concerns about them. But before I express those concerns, I want to talk about why parents should uh, become knowledgeable because Common Core, ladies and gentlemen, is a driving force in public education. And I've talked about that on the last show when I said that 50 states got together to, to, 
to discuss how they're going to navigate educational standards. Very quickly before we go to our our break, Common Core shifts from literature to informational text raise concerns. The Common Core standards expect to adopt reading informational shift, focus in many English and literature arts fear that they may demise the time-honored practice of literature in the classroom. This piece notes that the shift stems from the complaints from employers and college instructors saying that too many young people can't analyze or process high-level readings. Now, we will talk about, when we come back from our break, about what's going on specifically with Common Core and specifically with the, the middle school component. Please come back, and we'll go to our first break. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are having difficulty balancing everything in your life, be sure to tune in to Change is Personal with Kim Fuller. Each week, we'll help you do your own self-assessment to handling relationships, family, life challenges, health, and personal goals. Kim and her guests share from experiences and offer advice and resources to keep your life on track. Change is Personal with Kim Fuller can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and start having a fuller life. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Eric Hamilton. On this show, we talk about what every parent needs to know about schools. The topic for today's show is middle school. We're talking about 
middle school culture. We are in a third part of our series about developing an academic roadmap. Tonight, I'm honored to have a, a very uh, outstanding guest who's going to talk about middle school, particular middle school culture. Ms. Tomiko Vick is a committed educator with 10 years of experience, 10 years of experience as a middle school teacher. She has a bachelor's of arts degree in psychology from the University of South Carolina, a master's degree, uh, science degree in administration, uh, ed leadership from Trinity Washington University, and is currently working towards a doctorate degree in curriculum and instruction. A quote, and this is what educators do, a quote to define her philosophy on education. What a child can do in in cooperation today can do alone tomorrow. Tomiko currently serves as an instructional coach for an urban school system and as a mommy of one of the most energetic and introspective seven-year-olds the world has ever known. Both jobs she honors and adores. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ms. Tomiko Vick. How are you, Tomiko? Oh, great. How nice that introduction was, Eric. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I made sure that I, I gave all the the necessary uh, uh, build up for it because your your background is perfect for tonight's show. And that is you've talked about in some of the readings that I've done or seen rather, you've talked about middle school and you are going to give us some insight as to why middle school is so important. Now, before we start, I want for you to give some time to talk about what got you involved as a teacher and specifically what got you interested to work with middle school students? Well, um, what got me involved as a teacher, I am a non-traditionally trained teacher. Um, basically, that just means I'm a career changer. So, mm-hmm. um, as you you know stated, I have my undergrad degree in psychology, so I started in mental health. Um, I initially set out, of course, as we all do when we go to college and we figure that we have everything just already planned for our lives, I thought I was going to be a social worker. So um, I've worked for some various agencies, nonprofits. I work for Catholic Charities, um, the popular one. I work for House of Ruth. And while I was working with these adults, I thought, wow, how could I intervene sooner? What could I do to help a little bit sooner? Mm-hmm. So that's how um, I started teaching. In middle school, um, the, the great story about that is my first job teaching was at my former middle school. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, awesome. it was great. And some of my teachers who taught me were still there. Mm. And guess what? They look the same. You know, we (laughs) we don't age. We don't age. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yes, yes. That's very encouraging. So middle school is important because it's it's the bridge. It's the segue. And it's really an exciting time. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's really an exciting time. Okay. Okay. And, and, what I think is important when we talk about middle school, and I don't know if you had a chance to, to hear my intro when I talked about what's going on at the high school level. You know that I'm, uh, I have a high school background. So a lot of the things that I see specifically in the classroom as a high school teacher, I know a lot of those things started in the middle school area. They, they started at that area. Could you, could you define for us in, in your best guess uh, specifically about middle school culture? Because 
I would believe, and you probably would agree with me, parents are not aware of what's going on in middle in middle school culture. Talk about middle school culture for us. Middle school culture, primarily, this is where the pieces of the puzzle are kind of shaken up, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, students are going through the developmental stages, that human development, um, where their hormones are racing. They're really trying to put the pieces together about who they are. Mm-hmm. They're very social. They're what we would say as adults, overly concerned about what others think. Mm-hmm. Um, they they really are caught in the middle. You think about birth order and that middle child. Uh-huh. Um, they're not babies yet. They're not adults. So one day you would get the person who's pretended to be an adult, and <laughs> then maybe in the next thirty minutes you would get someone crying on your shoulder. I mean, that really is what middle school is about. So it's a very delicate time, and so we we just have to ride the wave as parents, teachers. Anyone who's concerned about children, mm-hmm. and 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 riding that wave, and I've heard I've heard uh, teachers talk about that. Uh, I had a chance to work. Believe it or not, my first teaching experience was in the middle school. I had a chance to teach special education for half a semester, okay. and and I had sixth, seventh, and eighth graders all in this one little room. Wow. And I noticed what you're talking about. It is a wave of emotion. How would you say, what makes a good middle school teacher? Because what I'm hearing from a lot of uh, parents, a lot of parents, I hear them complaining. They're saying, well, I don't think that my teacher has been properly properly trained on how to deal with my child. Or I hear a lot of parents making, you know, some very interesting remarks about the teachers. What would you say makes a good middle school teacher so that our parents can listen and say, these are things that I think we should talk about as as educators and as parents. What do you think makes a good middle school teacher? In my opinion, a good middle school teacher has the same ingredient that any other good teacher has, that Mm -hmm. you are flexible. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to say flexibility. Okay. Um, And consistency. So as long as, and, and, you know, with any child working with any student, really, it's some of the same things on any level, whether it's elementary or you really get into that upper secondary, um, your active um, piece area of high school. You have to be flexible and you have to be consistent because these students, they really do want that structure. They may push up against you, but they want you to stand. They really do. Okay. And so because they're wavering back and forth, they need someone who's stable. So that's what I'm going to say. Flexibility and consistency. Flexibility and consistency. Those are good traits as teachers. Talk about the differences because I am amazed. I am amazed. I have a lot of of personal opinions about middle school. I've actually come across some research. I know you've had some research about the effectiveness of middle school. Parents are more interested in what we can do. And we'll, we'll talk about what I would call some parenting tips on our second part. But I'd like for you to, to talk about the differences between the the sixth grade individual, the seventh grade, and the eighth grade, because in high school, which we get to the high school part, there's a huge difference between a tenth grader and eleventh grade. Something happens in that summertime where students oh. come back. Parents say they come back a completely different child. So if you are going through things, parents realize that your child's going to change. Talk about and break down for us with the time. 
the differences between a sixth, seventh, and eighth grader. That, I think that's very helpful. Okay, um, and thanks for asking that. I, I think it's great to see that metamorphosis, really, yes. because yes. there is a change. Um, and when you talked about your previous experience of having those three ages and grade levels, ability levels in the same room, I, I mm-hmm. could imagine just, you know, what your experience was with that spectrum, because it, it is such a spectrum. Yes. But when you think about your sixth graders, I, th- I call those my little babies. Okay. You know, they're coming from elementary school. And remember, we're not just working and grooming the students, we're grooming the parents. So mm-hmm. when you when you see that first day of school, you have those sixth graders and think about that parent taking their child to school that first day of kindergarten, it starts all, of, it, all over again. So you have a lot of parents in the room. Um, the students are nervous. They have their backpacks. They have all their supplies and they're dressed so neatly. They have their uniforms. Um, and they're raising their hands, asking every question. They, they really are eager. They want to please you. They really do, which all students do, but, you know, they're really eager to please. They, they're not afraid to raise their hand and take risks or ask if you need help. So I call them my little babies because they're just coming out of elementary school. So you, you, you remember what that looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then you get to the seventh grader who, again, with that whole concept of birth order, this is the middle child. Hmm. So now they've been exposed. You know, they're no longer the small fish in the big pond. They've been around. They've had some experience. And they're no longer the baby. So they're, they're really feeling good. Um, but still, they have a ways to go. Just and when you think about physical development, when you look at the difference between a sixth grader and an eighth grader, it, it's almost as if that could not have happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in that yeah. short amount of time. Yeah. So they're in the middle. Okay, so... They're not the seniors, if you will, of the building, but, you know, they're feeling good. They understand what it was like, but they they don't want to be perceived as that anymore. So they're they're trying to really position themselves. And Mm -hmm. then you have the eighth grader. (laughs) I can hear hear it in your voice that that means something completely different. It does. Um, It's great because... On an intellectual level, when you're in the classroom, you really can have some great lessons and conversations with your eighth graders. They've really matured. Um, they definitely can do more. They can definitely think on a more abstract level. You don't have to be as concrete with your eighth graders. And they have that confidence. They have that extra bravado, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not there just yet. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes... And I've kind of, you know, gotten some slack from this, um, about this from parents. You have to allow them to fall sometimes mm-hmm. because that's a part of learning. Yes. Yes, it so is. I'm not going to scaffold as much for my eighth graders as I would for my sixth grade. Very well. Okay. 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 Because you as the educator, you know that in less than a year's time, because that year goes by rather quickly, because they're making preparation to go to high school. Definitely. I mean, and they have to be ready. Um, and Eric, as you know, we're seeing all of these ninth grade academies. Why is that? Because high school was feeling as if we, quote unquote, as middle school teachers, we didn't do something. We missed something. We dropped the ball somewhere. Why are mm-hmm. they not ready? So you mm-hmm. really have to do a lot of preparation to get to them to stand on their own, to advocate for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. by eighth grade, they should know what their learning style is. Mm-hmm. 
is. They should know that. Hmm. That's an interesting point. That's a very I interesting think, point. Yeah. That's an interesting point. We'll, we'll come back to the learning style conversation because as an educator, I've done a lot of activities with my students to talk about learning styles because it really empowers them. Plus, it gets them to understand this is why I perform level so well in one subject but may not perform in, a, in an advanced level somewhere else. But the issue really there is about parents. How do we get parents to, to, to become aware of that? My, my last question in this particular segment is one that's keeping consistent with our roadmap. And so the roadmap that I've advocated is about giving parents specific tools. I've talked about staying on grade level. I've talked about maintaining uh, third and fourth grade in the primary years are critical because yeah. they let the parent know if the child is off in the two basic subjects, uh, reading and math. math. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get to high school, so so moving forward, and I'm talking to middle school parents now who may not be at that level. They may be a couple of, um, they may be coming in at the fourth grade level and they're starting at the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So that's the reality that you and I know about uh, middle school. Do you think, do you think that in middle school, based on the culture, is there time left to correct those deficiencies? And we'll, and we'll talk about how we do them, but speak on that briefly. Is there time to correct those deficiencies that you see once you get those kids? Can I really be honest? I want you to tell us what you think, Ms. Vic. They're definitely, I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Yes, meaning we as educators, we're charged with differentiating instruction. I know that's a buzzword. I know I know you've talked about it several times. Mm-hmm. So, yes. However, from a grassroots level, no. Mm, wow. Not that much time. Not that much time. Unless you were talking about your extended learning opportunities or some kind of remediation with some middle school We'll put that in as a creative arts class. They'll do like an extra add on mm-hmm. reading or math to help mm-hmm. students who fall in that low proficient or basic area. Yes. However, just in your normal course of scope and sequence and instruction, the reason yes. I'm saying no somewhat is because the curriculum is chock full. Yes. Of complex text. I mean, and I know you've heard this, I mean, we have Common Core now. So, like I said, from a grassroots level, no. However, a, a, a crafty teacher, a very wise teacher, is able to implement the strategy where the students can help themselves. And I think that's where what we should focus on. Okay. Okay. And that's a, that's a good point because right now, you and I know the parents, you and I know the issues. But right now, there's a parent that's struggling to try to figure out. Uh, report cards are going home pretty quickly, some today, some tomorrow. Parents are going to have some very difficult time to say, my child's not on grade level now, and I don't know what happened, and I'm worried, I'm concerned. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to address this? Do I blame, as you talked about, the Elementary school teachers, do I, what's the prospects of moving forward? Those are the types of issues that, believe it or not, we can address on this type of medium to say, 
here's what you got to do in order to resolve that. And we need someone with your expertise to talk about it and to be honest, to have communications because parents are listening. We want parents to realize that there's an opportunity to do something if you are empowered and if you know. What I, I would I like. I totally agree. You talk, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that because my background again is, is high school and I see what happens as a result of what's not being done at the middle school level. And I hear middle school parents, uh, particularly the ones that, that talk and they say, well, you know, my child learned a lot of social ed and they learned a lot of character ed, but the character ed will only get you so far. So it's really important to have this conversation so that parents can really take something from it. I want to go ahead and take my next break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some constructive things for parents to do to address this this concern. So please stay tuned. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. It's time to take an amazing journey, a journey to gold. Join your host, CJ, every week as she introduces you to amazing people who are following their dreams and changing their lives with a new attitude. Hear from the stars who are stepping outside the box. Be sure to listen for the Dream Quest Challenge with Josie Pasentino, where you'll vote on the music of independent artists. Find out how you can be a part of this life-changing experience. Maybe we'll be talking to you on a future show. Journey to Gold is heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Eric Hamilton. On this show, we talk about what every parent needs to know about school. Tonight, I am, uh, this evening, I'm honored to have uh, Tomiko Vick, who is a middle school expert. We're talking about what is your roadmap for academic success, specifically middle school. Before we were talking about the culture of middle school, we were talking about what's going on, how do we address some of these issues, because it's really a good conversation between someone with, with my background, which is high school, and someone's background, with Mrs. Vick's background on middle school. So the purpose of this is for parents to actually listen in to start figuring out how they can connect the dots. What are some things that they can do to, to move this conversation along because as we know, parents are, are struggling. They're, they're, they're facing unbelievable tasks in what to do. And many of them are taking the road of using private school as the answer. Many of them feel that public schools are not working. One of the, the stats that we gave on this show, we said that according to the Gallup poll, 26% of middle school parents survey actually said that they felt like that they had confidence in their middle in their schools. 26%. That's the lowest in America. The lowest has been since about 1973. So there's some issue that's going on tonight. We're going to have some, some, some solutions. Miss Vic, I'd like for you to talk about specifically some of my pillars that I've talked about. I've talked about accountability, academic, and advocacy. Those are the three pillars that propel everything that we do as educators. I want you to talk about, in your time, what's the effect on reading with middle school students? What what happens when a student have, has not been given the proper time to develop that reading skill? Talk, talk to us about that. Well, that student is really going to struggle because, again, we know as you move along the continuum um, of higher secondary and moving into higher ed, um, especially now we're looking at Common Core, that text becomes more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so reading or the fundamentals, are, are they're really important. Now, of course, that's the way life is. Some of us are going to be a little bit stronger than others. So what I like to share with my students and the teachers that I work with, it's about, is it about being the best reader or is it about a smart person who knows how to help themselves when they get into trouble? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do when I'm working with students because I'm still, you know, directly and indirectly working with the kids. And when I'm working with the teachers doing professional development, and, you know, I talked about this this afternoon when I did a session, Think about it as you want to teach yourself out of a job. Hmm. You want to teach the students everything you know so they don't need you anymore. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, and you know, it's about that. Giving them the skills to help get themselves out of trouble. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, you know, real practical skills um, in the context. And, you know, when we were growing up, I mean, who doesn't know about, oh, look, look, look it up. Look the word up. You don't yes. know a word, look it up in the dictionary. Yes. Well, that's not always the best practice. 
because now we know, you know, we know better, we do better, you know, that's what Maya Angelou says, is that you give a student a dictionary, how many meanings does that word have? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't help them at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want to be able to give them skills in context at the time that can help them and that do not disrupt fluency. See, that's another thing. When you have to stop and go to the dictionary and you spend seven minutes over here, especially for a student who's struggling with phonics, mm -hmm. you've disrupted just the train of thought, fluency, you know. It can really, mm -hmm. you know, send them on a wild goose chase. So we don't want to do that, and we don't want to discourage them. Okay. Okay. Um, here, here are some of the, the, the five things that the roadmap believes in. These are the five things that parents from my perspective, should do on a, a weekly basis with their child. They should participate in active homework. And, Ms. Vic, I'd like for you to just comment on them and, and think about some things that you can put in specifically to the middle school model. The uh, Number one is, is do active homework, meaning you're reviewing concepts and you're allowing ample time for practice. So for, regardless of whatever the subject matter is, you've got to have some practice. Number two, Listening to your child read, even in middle school, uh, I'd like to hear your comments about listening and and having your child read about 10 to 15 minutes a day just to build the self-esteem because the self-esteem plays such a part in the classroom and the classroom dynamic. Number three, reading maps. As a social studies teacher, uh, I, it's so disheartening to see so many of our young people who are not knowledgeable on geography. So we have to we have to begin to address this and take out a map and, and begin to explore the world with maps by reading, looking up cities, looking up longitude, latitude, those types of things. Practice taking exams. A lot of students suffer from test anxiety. And the last one is the positive re reinforcement of uh, the first five minutes and the last five minutes of the day. Remind your child about. Something positive that they, that they have they have done, or something that they have been able to accomplish. If you would speak specifically on those things and how they work in the middle school. Okay, well, Eric, first I have to say you're a genius because you listed a lot of things. I'm going to need some help along the way when you tell me number one, <laughs> I will help and you. I'll respond to that. Okay. Okay. So, what's the first thing you want me? Active to homework. Do? Active homework. Talk about the I, amount of homework that you believe that middle school, you know, what type of what type of projects are you seeing good homework assignments in middle school? Homework, definitely active. Homework should be practice, um, really shouldn't be punitive. Um, and I think, again, it's just about transitioning out of the past of if I give a student 50 algorithms, they need to do that when really 10 would suffice because okay. it's still practice. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so, and I know that's the way we came up, but we're finding just because you have volumes of it doesn't mean that you're going to be proficient or advanced because if you're doing 40 of those problems incorrectly, how has that helped you? How has that helped you? Right. You know, so okay. active meaning, a lot of interactive ways. Again, send work home with um, great notes and graphic organizers where students have something. They have a guide where, again, they can help themselves out. Um, okay. We have a lot of textbooks now that are interactive. They have a website you can go to. Okay. That accompanies the textbook. How cool is that? 
and not that, just that for, is very students, cool. for the parents. Because mm-hmm. hand-hand parents, I mean, math is wonderful. It wasn't my strong suit. I could have used that interactive <laughs> website in my day. Um, mm-hmm. And so could my parents. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes, we kind of step back if it was something that we, we bring back our school past with us. Mm-hmm. So maybe we might be intimidated. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. And, and that's a large part of it. The self-esteem reading part, is that, again, uh, speak briefly on that? Sure. Self-esteem reading, again, and I know you probably say this sounding like a broken record, it is important to teach strategies to help kids get themselves out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, word parts, prefixes, suffixes, you know, root words. I know we've gotten away from that. Common Core, we're, we're talking about it again. It really is important. Um about words, how to find meaning and context. It really is important. Um, yeah, it, those things definitely are foundational, and they really are worth their weight in gold. And and with Common Core, with the Common Core movement now, will you find that teachers are going to have to find new ways to cover more standards with fewer amount of days? Oh, wow. And you, you really put me on the hot seat on that. <laughs> you, know, you do want me to stay employed, don't you? We'll put it this way. It, it's going to be a challenge to cover as much of the content. So, so teachers are really going to be creative. Well, let me say this. Every, everything we do is a challenge because I'm trying to make sure that all 25 kids sit before me. And you realize that's a great number. I, I was being, you know, I was in paradise when I said that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to meet their individual needs. But this is the thing that I'm learning. I think Common Core is great. I love change. I love to learn. I think one of the great things about Common Core is it about trying to stretch yourself thin to cover the standards. When you look at the depth, some of those same standards is about digging deep. So, yes. for example, we're talking about 6th, 7th, 8th grade. I'll notice that my 6th grader may have that level 1 ability. And so I know in that part of that standard, same standard my 7th grade needs, it. for example, inference. What student does not need inference. Mm-hmm. Okay, I call it the reading between the lines. That's what I say to my yeah. students. Yes. However, I'm going to go to different depths with those varying abilities. Mm-hmm. But we're and, all talking and, about inference. And, and briefly, uh, Tamiko, just for, so that parents will understand, sure. all teachers are required to teach based off of what is known as educational standards. So That's if correct. you're concerned, if you're concerned that your child is not learning something that is appropriate, you as the parent have the right to, to question, to ask specifically what educational standard are you teaching to? Many schools, I know the school that I taught in, I know the school that you taught in, teachers are required to post those standards. So it's not a subjective thing. So those are standards that Ms. Vick is making reference to that yeah. teachers have to consistently uh, adapt to. And I Geo- apologize if it was obscure. Oh, no, no problem. That's what the show is here to, to, to do yeah. is to, to, to learn. Uh, the importance of geography, would you say that's an issue at all? Now, that is near and dear to my heart because I've taught social studies for many years. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you the conversation that I hear that we don't need it. Ah. When am I going to use it? When are yeah. the kids really going to use it? I mean, you see the push. We we basically said, hey, 
we're going to add all this extra time in our day devoted to reading and math, and now guess who's back? Science is back, isn't it? Have you noticed that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Science is back. We neglected it a little bit for a while. We weren't doing it as much. Mm-hmm. And guess who's going to be on Science's Hill? Social studies. <laughs> yes, yes, you make a good a good good point there. And again, the conversation is guided so that parents can understand what's happening in the classroom. What are some of the conversations that teachers are having, so that they can take this information, think about how to best support. Part of the whole premise that the Chalk Talk advocates, partnership. Parents and teachers should rely upon a partnership, not a one-way relationship. And it's really important, and and I'm finding that parents, before they can get into a partnership, they have to become educated. They have to understand what's going on. With about a minute left to go, the last one. Positive reinforcement. The idea is is that the first five minutes and the last five minutes of the day, our last guest talked about that. Do you think that's very beneficial even for for middle school students to remind them before they go to bed and before they walk off the door of something positive that they've done? Positive reinforcement is crucial for adults, Eric. We all need it. Yes. We all need it. And, you know, when conferencing with parents, you know, I would use the sandwich technique. Start off with something good. Put some of the, the little challenges stuff in the middle and end with something positive. Search. Do whatever you have to do, but you can definitely find at least one thing positive that you can say about that child. Absolutely. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. We, you know, the kids have to know that we believe that they can do it. And positive reinforcement is a way to do that. I want to take uh, my next break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about more about middle school and middle school culture with Ms. Tamiko Vick. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. 
We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, America. Welcome to Chalk Talk. My name is Eric Hamilton. We're talking about middle school. We have Ms. Tamiko Vick, who's sharing her insight into middle school. Before we go back to Ms. Vick, I'd like to make sure that parents are aware that you have the ability, and I say this on every show, you have the ability to understand how schools are designed to figure out what the specific needs for your child, and you have the ability to go and be empowered and take action and not be a reactive parent, not to be a parent that is simply having to respond. I know that schools are in a demanding state, but you do have the power, the ability to go in and advocate for your child. And it's going to take a collective effort. It will take the efforts of many teachers, many people who are trying to work together for a common good. So this show is specifically designed to to empower you as a the parent. Ms. Vic, you have worked, again, 10 years. Now, in your 10 years, I am certain that you have developed a tool bag, a tool bag of ideas and things that you know are very effective for parents. What would you like mm-hmm. to tell the parents of America who is struggling with a sixth grader who one day wants to be an adult, next day wants to be a child, who's looking at playing sports in high school, you know middle school? What would you talk about to parents? How do you coach parents along during this very difficult, awkward stage? Um, well, Eric, I, the first thing I'm going to say um, to parents, and I, I really work with some great parents over the years, you have to turn up the heat, stay involved. Um, it's just, I guess, a natural progression. We think, oh, my baby is not a baby anymore. They're not in elementary school. So I don't have to go to the school as much as I would in elementary school, or I don't need to. And my answer is it's just the opposite. Turn up the heat. Still come. If you were spending that amount of time in elementary, continue it in middle. Um, and it's not about being the helicopter parent where you're just always hovering around. I don't mean that. But you want to know what's going on. It really helps you to understand the culture. And I would always tell parents, you are welcome in here anytime. You know, I want you to come and take part of an interactive lesson. You know, parents are still looking for a way to, to be involved. And you definitely can do that in middle school. Now, I know your child doesn't want you there. I get that. <laughs> However, still come. The teacher would love to have you. Would love to have you. Okay. Um, I think another thing, well, I know rather, another thing is keep the idea, the mindset of collaboration and keep the focus on the child. When you are receiving news that isn't favorable, we're all human, it's easy to be emotional because that is your baby. Um, it's easy to be hurt and or disappointed or even angry, but modeling matters most. Yes. Those 
children are still watching how you react. And if you just blow up at the teacher or blow up at school, they are watching that. And because you are still the expert to them, you're the first teacher to your child. They are going to think that is how I do this. Mm -hmm. So think about reaching consensus. Everyone is not going to get what they want, but it's not about us. Let's keep the priority on the student. What is the best thing? Um, Also, set set, um, set goals. Okay, we're going to try the strategy. We're going to come back together, to come back, excuse me, together in three weeks or in a month to see how this is working out. Um, realize that the teacher is human. In middle school, I know I had 100 plus kids. So don't necessarily feel as if the teacher is neglecting you. If the teacher hasn't gotten back to you in three weeks, you email the teacher. You call the teacher and say, hey, you know, let's kind of look at how this thing is going. And you welcome that. I know I did and do. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and I think another thing too is with parents, this is also a time to really bring that child in on the process. So during a conference, for example, you and the teacher may start off, but let's not end that conference and not bring that person who you spent 30 minutes talking about in there. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kid needs to come in there and sit down with both of you. They need to be a part of their process. That's teaching them that self-advocacy and also accountability because now they have to face you and they have to face the teacher. And boy, let me tell you, that's when the parents and teachers become best friends. Hmm. Because now think- we're going to see that the stories aren't really adding up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Do, do, and, and are you surprised by this number that I put out earlier that of the parents that participated in the Gallup poll that middle school was the lowest, that 26% of the parents poll said they've had confidence in their school. Are you surprised by that number? I'm not surprised, Eric, and I, I'm going to say something that's probably going to really um, raise the hair on your head. Sure. What if that poll, and I'm sure this, this data is out there because I can't recall what it is right now, about yes. how the teachers in middle school feel about their school. Whoa, whoa. That, think- that would surprise you. That would surprise. Yes. Yes. I, I would agree with you. And, and I have said and, and we could do a series of shows just on middle school. When you look at what's going on in the middle school, I applaud any middle school teacher. I think that middle school teachers work harder than most of the school. We all work with a degree of challenge. Definitely. Yeah. But the but the the issues that that middle school teachers face I find completely intimidating. I, I find the the flow, the wave that you talked about, I find that very difficult to address. And I know that a show like this can at least begin to have a conversation for parents. And, and I want to, to, to thank you for coming on to the show. And I'd like to have you back and we can talk about specifically some uh, gender-related issues, I think those are very pertinent issues. My final question for you, and we only have about three minutes left. If you could tell parents specifically who are getting ready to start middle school, if you could tell them in about 30 seconds, what are they about to get themselves into? You've got a fifth grader. They've been told what middle school's like. Briefly, what would you say to them in 30 seconds? 
I would say be prepared for change. Move, we're moving forward. You know, mm-hmm. as the president says, we are moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that change isn't always going to be what you want it to be. However, you can, you can shape and mold it, but just keep those parameters. Think about bumper cars. You keep your parameters. Be flexible a little bit. You know, put, pads, put a little pads on those parameters. <laughs> but, I mean, definitely, we're moving forward, and there is going to be a change. Well, um, but I th- thank you, Eric. I'm so sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to oh, thank no you problem. for, yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. And again, this is a great topic. And parents, hang in there. We're going to get through this together. Thank you, Ms. Vic. And before we sign off, I'd like to make sure that parents know that, again, you're facing some very difficult ch- challenges in the school systems today. You do have support out there. You have to empower yourself. Your child goes to school every day. Your child is the greatest asset. You have the ability to make a difference by showing up, by participating, by asking questions, by sending emails. You can do all those things. You can become a partner. You have the ability to do all those things, and you can do them in a way that's going to support academic learning. You're going to have the ability to to create accountability, and you're also going to know how to advocate for your child. I'd like to thank Ms. Vic again for coming on for this show. I will see and talk to America. Have a happy holiday. Thank you again for joining us for Chalk Talk. Please join Eric Hamilton again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for more of everything that parents should know about school.